0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mystery Vault Podcast. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to be taking a look at the mysterious ghost ship, the Mary Celeste. Now, most of you listening to the show would have heard of this case because it's a very famous one around the world. Not only famous in the mystery world, but it's also a term that we use, I would say, every day. It's something that I've used um, in... You know everyday life where say you go into a room and there's no one there and everything's set up and it just feels a bit spooky and you just come out and said and i've said it before i said cool it feels like mary celeste in here so the mary celeste itself has become a word that we use um, as a household name but let's just give you a little round up here of what what this uh tale is all about so the mary celeste is an american merchant brigatine uh, she was discovered adrift and deserted in the Atlantic Ocean off the Azores Islands, which is s- situated just off the coast of Portugal, and this was on December 4th, 1872. She was found by a Canadian, another uh, brigantine, the Del Gracia, and she was in a seaworthy but dishevelled condition, under partial sail and missing the lifeboat. The last entry on the log was um, 10 days earlier, before she was found by the Gracia, and she had a full cargo of 1,700 barrels of denurtured alcohol, which was all intact, apart from two barrels, which I'm going to get into all this in a little bit of depth later on. And the the captain's and the crew's belongings were were intact, um, somewhat undisturbed. And no one on board the ship was ever seen or heard of again. So there you go, guys. That's just a little roundup of this um, legendary ghost ship, tale. But before I go into a little bit more detail about the, you know, the incident that happened in 1872 with the with the crew disappearance, which is, you know, let's face it, there's some theories floating around of, you know, sea monsters. And alien ductions and all that sort of stuff, which is pretty cool, you know, which is, you know, something that I've spoken about in the mystery world with this. Um, I think what's worth talking about here, particularly, is you, you need to rewind the clock and look at where this ship came from, because it's quite interesting. There's stuff which I didn't actually know. Um, and when you look into this case of the Mary Celeste, this isn't just the only incident that happened. Obviously, this is the main one that's put her onto the, you know the pedestal or famous cases, but when you look at the Mary Celeste, she is all round a cursed ship from the off. So let's have a let's have a look at this. So let's go back to um, 1861, Nova Scotia, where the Mary Celeste was built, and she was built on Spencer Island, and she was under British registration, and she wasn't called the Mary Celeste to start with. She's actually called the Amazon. And she was built by locally felled timber. She's 99 foot long with a 25 foot beam, which is the uh, the width for the boat. Um, she was built as a merchant ship for the transatlantic trade by a private investor. And having a look at some uh, photos of the Marie Celeste, she's a very handsome looking ship as well. Uh, so at this time it looked like she had everything going for her, but that wasn't the case. Because... It then comes to a maiden voyage on June 1861, where one of the actual co-owners of um, the ship took over as captain, and his name was Robert McKellen, and uh, he took on a maiden voyage to the Five Islands uh, to take a cargo of timber, and whilst observing the loading, he, he fell ill. He just came down ill, mysteriously started coughing, and I think he came come down with uh, tuberculosis. And he returned to Spencer's Island where he died. He literally just died. So on the first maiden maiden voyage of the, the ship called the Amazon at this time, uh, the captain died. And so after this unfortunate event with the captain passing away, one of the crewmen took over as a captain. His name was John Parker. And this didn't go without any misadventures along the way. Uh, they collided with some fishing equipment. And then when they left the uh, port of London, they went into the channel and they collided with a brig where the brig actually sunk. So immediately after the first captain passing away, they go they come into two incidents on this voyage to London. So I would imagine at this time the crew particularly are beginning to think there's probably something wrong with this ship because, you know, we've... You hear it, don't you, with the crew and these sea towels, they're probably thinking this ship is cursed, and I imagine that was probably going around very quickly. And then in 1863, uh, the captain was succeeded by uh, William Thompson, who remained in command up until 1867, and between this time is a relatively quiet period for the Amazon. She was trading in the West Indies, um, England and the Mediterranean, And nothing unusual happened during this time. Up until uh, October 1867, just off of uh, Cape Breton Island, there was a storm and the ship was run aground onto the shore and she was so badly damaged that the owners abandoned her as a wreck. And within a month, she was sold as a wreck to a local businessman called Richard Haynes, who was an American mariner from New York. And in those times it was cheaper to actually buy a wreck and then restore it as opposed to building it from scratch. So there was a little bit of money to be made back then uh, doing this. And he made himself the captain and he, this is where he registered the ship after restoring it under the new name and also registering it as an American vessel as the Mary Celeste and what i know about boats is that it is very unlucky to change the name of a ship and so far looking into this case, luck is is what is needed for this vessel so (laughs) changing the name probably wasn't a good idea so from from here onwards so from 1869 to 1872 she did a little bit of trade but there's not much on record about this and I think it was possibly another a little bit of a quiet period for the vessel which was, you know probably a little bit of a break and then in early 1872 she went under a major refit where um, she had an extra deck put on board and the tonnage was increased for trade and then also this time we're introduced to a new captain name will go down very famously as I'm talking about now in maritime history and his name is Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs so as a quick talk about Captain Briggs he was uh, born in 1835 in Massachusetts he was uh, from a naval background with his father being a captain himself Uh, he was a very well respected sea captain he was very capable He was a devout christian and he would make that known amongst his crew where he'd regularly bring out the bible and he'll pray at the dinner table in front of his fellow crewmates businessmen and friends and he was married to his wife sarah where they had two children Um, he had a son uh, arthur and a daughter sophia and this is this is, these are interesting facts as well to talk about just before this um, this voyage where he had to um, export some cargo from America to Genoa in Italy. And on this voyage, on the Mary Celeste, um, he decided to take his wife Sarah and his newborn daughter Sophia with him. But he didn't bring his son. His son was in the care of his mother-in-law, I think um in new york and because of this i think one of the reasons why he then goes on to go and pick the crew for this voyage and he carefully selects the men that he wants and they are want for a better word trustworthy men guys that he could rely on guys that he's worked with before um people, uh, crew who have been um suggested by fellow work partners and it is a skeleton crew as well it's only seven men so it's um, a small team and then including captain briggs and his wife and his small daughter there's there's 10 in total and this will be one of the things that i will come back to later on with one of the theories of what's what's happened to this uh fateful voyage and then the other thing that's worth mentioning as well because these are really important facts when you try to think about the fate of the Celeste when you try to sort of go down all the angles of inquiry so it could have been in this, could have been in that. Um, it's also mentioned that the Delgratia the actual ship that found the Mary Celeste was also in port waiting to go on a voyage as well and they were laying nearby um, in the harbour in New Jersey and the captain of the ship there you've got... Um, Captain David Morehouse, he's he's also observing the cargo being loaded onto his ship. And whilst he's waiting, um Captain Morehouse and Captain Briggs that they, they meet up, the they share common interests and historians believe that they were casual friends at this time. So the relationship between them is quite good. So that's that's quite an important another important fact for later on. So on Tuesday the 5th of November, the Mary Celeste uh, set sail from New York to Genoa. Um, but even at this early stage of the voyage, uh, the Mary Celeste had complications with the weather. The weather is a little bit uncertain, so uh, before she left the port, uh, she had to anchor um, at Staten Island, just to let the weather settle a little bit. And then once it did, they continued their voyage. and. I guess you could say, from here onwards, that was the last time that we saw the crew, but not the vessel. And then eight days later, the, uh, the Gracia leaves the port of New York for Gibraltar. And she follows the same route as the Mary Celeste. Then on Thursday, the fifth of December, the Del Gracia reaches a position in the Atlantic, and this is around about I've I've had a look at this. They're about four hundred miles away from the Azores Islands and about six hundred miles away from the mainland of Portugal, to give you a rough idea of their position. And Captain Morehouse is alerted to come onto the deck by the helmsman, who has spotted another vessel. Um, through his spyglass and it's about six miles distance from the Delgracia. but there's something strange about this, this ship, it's just laying dormant the, there's only a couple of sails that are up um, it just looks like it's drifting by itself so at this time Morehouse is expecting that something suspicious is going on it seems a bit odd and at this time the sea conditions were calm and as the vessel drew closer, they could see nobody on deck. Uh, there was no activity, and they were thinking that this is unusual because where they are in the Atlantic, this, this, this uh, ship should be all fired up with sails and sa- you know, sailing. It should be active. There should be crews on the decks working. Um, but there wasn't. There was nobody. It was abandoned. Um, the ship drew closer. Morehouse put a couple of his crew on board to go and investigate and they came back and then they established that it was the Mary Celeste. Morehouse and his crew went on to go and investigate and I'm sure at some point they were thinking there must be someone somewhere Um, but the lifeboat was missing. Um, Parts of the ship looked a little bit disheveled, I think some of the rigging was loose only a couple of the sails were, were up on the mast, um, but generally, I don't. There was no signs of any sorts of struggles or anything like that. There was no blood. Um, there was no marks on the ship. It had its cargo, so it had 1,700 barrels of um, denurtured alcohol. It was all there, except two barrels which had been broken. And I'll get back to that in a second. I, know I keep saying I get back to it, but all, the, all these events, and this is the reason why I'm doing it like this, is that everything is kind of getting to a point, which I'm getting to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just have a quick look here. So you imagine being Captain Morehouse, you know, it's dead calm. You found a ship that's deserted. That itself would be quite spooky, I'd imagine, because I think, and I haven't mentioned this yet, I think that something about the sea something um, untrustworthy about it I think Yeah, you just think that it's a very dangerous place it's probably a place that we're not really designed to be and, and could you imagine just finding this vessel just laying derelict there's nobody there how scary it must have been for you know Captain Morehouse's crew to be investigating you just don't know what you're going to find you know there, there's probably things going through their mind where they thought they might find you know the, the crew dead somewhere so as they were investigating um, the only things like I said was the missing lifeboat there was a, I think it was a compass and a sextant that was missing and the last entry on the captain's log was on November 25th so 9 days earlier um, before she was found um, and that was at 8am in the morning and everything seemed orderly uh, looking at that ship's log and the Mary Celeste position was recorded just off the island of Santa Maria in the Azores, and as about 400 nautical miles away from where the Del Gracia had found her. So everything looks orderly here, um, and there's plenty of provisions on the boat or on the ship to last at least six weeks. Um, there's possessions that still left on board the boat. One of them being Captain Briggs's uh, cutlass, a very expensive cutlass. Uh, personal possessions. Nothing seems to be look like it was in like tattered or as if they were trying to get away quickly or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a complete mystery, and it must have been a complete mystery to Morehouse, thinking, "Wow, what the hell's going on?" So let's so I give you some details of how we've got to this point. So at this point. We, with more house and his crew with the mary celeste and i've given you a little bit of a backstory here of how she was built and what's happened to her and you know the name of the ship's been changed it's there's talk of her being a cursed vessel between um other ships and other crews and i imagine she's probably been spoken about you know in the pubs and things like that you know whilst the fellow sailors have been drinking so she's got this reputation about her and now you've got this so let's have a look here so historians have had a look at what's what's happened here what's what's the possibilities with this and what has happened here and as i said earlier there's there's stories of alien abductions and sea monsters Um, Which, uh, you know, I guess they're like tall tales. And let's be honest here, you know, I've said this before in in the other episodes I've done here. You know, when it comes to stuff like that, probably can't even rule it out. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know... (laughs) Unless we can't prove it or we can't disprove it, right? It's probably not aliens, right? Okay, but again, it's... in. In the mystery world, like I say, you just can't rule it out either. Um, Sea monster, well, who knows? You know, there's talks of, you know, the Kraken from the early days, a giant squid. Let's just say it's a giant squid. I mean, okay, whatever giant squid did turn up and it, it, was it, the tentacles come up and it sort of grabbed the crew. Could you imagine that? It'd probably be quite scary. But being a giant squid itself, it probably wouldn't actually wreck the ship. It would probably take the crew because it's after food, I guess. You know the meat. Um, So yeah, okay. You know, like I say, we can't can't disprove it, but it's um, it it would make it makes a really good story, especially amongst other sailors, isn't it? This time they're probably talking about that, saying, "Oh yeah, you know, it's the it's the sea monster," and I'm sure. Crews probably feared that in these times. Then let's have a look at the, you know, the realistic possibilities here. What really happened? And I, I I'm looking at the cargo. So it's uh, denatured alcohol. So it's alcohol that's used for um, surgical purposes. So it's highly flammable. And there's 1,700 barrels on board on the deck. So you, you are effectively on a bomb here. On a wooden ship and when the del gracia crew went on board they found two broken barrels so that would probably be enough to create a plume of of fumes in in the lower decks and it has been um, proven by i think it was scientists or something like that they did an experiment with the gases that you would have got from those barrels which would actually create an explosion but not not enough to actually cause damage But a, a, a boom Which, could you imagine being on, on, on the ship and you hear that explosion I suppose the captain's thinking We're going to sink or We need to abandon ship, we need to do something about this And then on top of that So just say like that did happen The other thing here is the um, the ship had bilge pumps now that one of them wasn't working and when the crew went down into the bilge into the lower part of the ship they found there was about three it took about three and a half foot of water so it looked like because the bilge pumps weren't working um it looked like it was taking in water so with that explosion even though it didn't cause any damage the captain could have thought well possibly maybe the the holes ripped or something like that and looks like we're taking in water now there's a there's another branch of a theory from the uh, the bilge pump that wasn't working because this was a new ship that had been refitted. There's a there's a theory that there would have been all the um, the wood shavings that would have gone into the bilge and this could have clogged up the pumps, which is kind of sounds plausible so that's the reason why you the pumps have stopped working. So you've got explosion, bilge pumps not working. And now you've got the captain thinking. Right, looks like we're taking in water. We've got this explosion. We're carrying all these barrels of alcohol. We need to get off this ship. But I guess the other thing is, is we're not sinking fast, so we can do this in an orderly fashion. So I would say that he's gathered all the crew. He's got them onto the lifeboat. Now I think I've had a look at this lifeboat, and it was a yawl, and I think it's about 16 foot long with oars. And the other thing is, when the Gracia found the Mary Celeste, they found a rope or a line on, on the back of the ship, on the stern, which was frayed. So it looked like something had broken away. So looking at that, just like the captain and the crew have got onto the lifeboat, tied a line to the stern of the ship, just to see... What happens, I guess, you know, if, if this is going to blow up? You know, let's this, 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 this take some precautions here. But the other thing that was in the in the log as well was that they were suffering some, some rough conditions. I think it was about a 35 knot wind. It was a little bit choppy. Um, so you can imagine they were on the back of the lifeboat, choppy conditions. What's to say that line broke, uh, the celestial... I don't think the anchor was put down. So they've then drifted into the sea, away from the ship. For one reason, they couldn't get back to it. And I'm kind of seeing that as a possibility. Um, But then it still doesn't account for the disappearance of... um, crew on this lifeboat so they're on a lifeboat which is designed to do what it says so i imagine there's some provisions on board um, and some oars you've got a crew of seven men back in those days those guys are probably you know quite quite beefy stern guys you know workers so there's the capability here to be able to do something plus um, the sextant and the compass was missing from the ship and you've got a. You've got an experienced captain, Briggs. So say he's in this lifeboat with his crew, with his family, with some small provisions, um, and looking at the log, they're about four hundred miles away from the, the Azores Islands. Which you probably want to be a bit closer, to be fair. But it's reachable, so with a compass and a crew and some oars. Um, even though you've got choppy conditions, I imagine the Yaw lifeboat would be designed for that. So this, the, so the mystery for me now is is the fact that they, what happened to them from the lifeboat? Because they've, uh, I've I've had a look into this and it did remind me of um, another story. I'm just going to sort of segue into this is the the story of the bounty, um, and Captain Bly. He was in a similar sort of thing where he was put into the lifeboat in Tahiti with. Probably less provisions than they had on the Mary Celeste. I think he had a week's worth of food and water with a very small um, crew. And he managed to travel 3,600 miles to Australia from Tahiti. Just with very basic um, equipment. And this was 100 years before. So the reason why I'm saying that is you, you can do that with you know an experienced captain and captain blight did it you know 3600 miles but the mary celeste was only 400 miles away from the azores i'm not saying you know i'm just putting that one out there as a as a way to look at it um it would be achievable to try and get to those islands or the mainland of Portugal from where they are. It's not like they're right in the middle of the Atlantic, they're they're close to the lands, which just makes me think that's It's just what makes this case a little bit more mysterious. So, um, you know, there's no wreckage of them, so they just disappear. So, you know, when you look into it, it just just broadens out the mystery a little bit more. Um, There's also other theories of... Piracy, um, which was common in those times and there was the theory of the mutiny with the crew but as I said the crew had been selected by Captain Briggs and there were guys that he trusted but usually in a, ba- you know, talking about a bounty when a um, crew goes into mutiny they, they do it for some sort of gain i.e. they, they take the ship and the... Um, cargo but everything was intact so that I would say that one's ruled out um, the other theory is, is you know it's just a theory of mine could it have been that Captain Briggs had some problems somewhere that he didn't know about and he just wanted to disappear but then the question I asked is how if he wanted to do that how come he didn't take his son with him they left his son with a mother-in-law so I would say that, that that's not the case because they, they would want to come back and see their son and with the pirates if it was pirates are pretty lousy because all they've taken is nothing basically <laughs> they haven't taken any cargo or the ship um, so I'd definitely rule that one out so I think I, if someone asked me I think it would actually be the the small explosion with the, the with the alcohol barrels Um, and then the crew the captain and the crew and his family having to get off the ship on the lifeboat just to sort of let things settle but with some sort of unfortunate event because of the choppiness of the time um, of the sea Um, the line has broken they've been set adrift but I think for me I can work out how they've got off the Celeste but the mystery now is that they're, they're on a yule which is a lifeboat which would be capable to try and I reckon it would probably be capable to take you that 400 miles to the Azores or Portugal but now you, that's the mystery to me it's like what has happened to them you know because it's there's no wreckage of the yule they just didn't turn up, so it is a mystery. It's a 150-year-old mystery that people up and you know till today are still trying to work out. And it's, yeah, I just, the only thing I can think of is that unfortunately the lifeboat they probably possibly suffered some complications there, it either turned over or it sunk and they drowned, and that's the reason why they were never found. So that's the only thing that I can think of really um, with the crew of the Mary Celeste and I think it will just remain one of those mysteries and as I said it's just a great maritime mystery Um, and I'm sure the sailors at the time were you know talking about this and you know of the cursed ship of the Mary Celeste so um but the strangeness of this ship didn't end here. This is this is the thing with the with this uh, with the Mary Celeste. Captain Morehouse he split his crew in half, and um, he sailed her back to Gibraltar. But even the trip back was mysterious. So the crew that were on board, just before they come into the port of Gibraltar, they were surrounded by a mist, and it was only the, the Mary Celeste that got surrounded by it, and. Um, they managed to get out of it they managed to get to the port okay but when they spoke to the crewmen afterwards the crewmen came out um distressed they were you know they were shocked and when Morehouse spoke to them said you know what's happened and they to this day no one knows what they said or what they experienced they just said I will never go on that boat again so there's another mystery to add to it and Morehouse arrived at Gibraltar and he claimed the Mary Celeste under the salvage laws um, but he only, after an investigation into what the authorities thought he was involved in the murder, it, it remained inconclusive, they couldn't prove it, but he only got um, one-tenth or something of the value of the marriage Celeste. that's what he came away with she returned to new york and had a new captain captain edgar Tuthill, and it didn't work out too well for him either because when he was in the um off the island of st helena in 1879 he called for some medical assistance and he died on the island so there's another fate there for a captain i'm, I'm beginning to think now you know if captains would ever dare step on board this ship And then in November 1885 the Mary Celeste was doomed her fate and she was actually involved in an insurance scam where she was deliberately run aground in Haiti off the uh, Port of All Prince. And to this day this is where she remains in her watery grave but it's still a little bit of a mystery because um, again to this day where she's waiting in a watery grave, people have gone to go and look for her. one of those. Is the um, the late famous uh, writer explorer Clive Cussler? I'm a big fan of. Um, he went to go and look for the Mary Celeste. He found some wreckage, but they, it proved inconclusive whether it was the Celeste or not. So, so there you go. That is the cursed ship of the Mary Celeste. I've kind of given you that in a little bit of a sort of nutshell. If you've heard of the story but I've just I thought I'd give you a little bit some more facts of the build up the, the, the famous event and then what happened after the And you know it's just a very mysterious thing that this this ship was just doomed from the start up until um, her watery grave in Haiti and she took the lives of two three three captains you know a crew an insurance scam um, collisions with other ships she's run aground she's been a wreck Um, it's you know it's not a dull ship that's for sure (laughs) but what we'll say and what we'll leave you with is that there are other ships like her which i didn't bring up because that's something else i want to go into with other episodes but um, i will explore that uh, later on, and there are other mysterious places, and that will be my, my next episode. I'm going to be having a look at the Bermuda Triangle, where sometimes I, I actually thought myself that this ship was around about that area. I thought it was in the Bermuda Triangle, but it wasn't. But there are other famous disappearances which I'm going to lead on to. I thought I'd tie into so my next episode is going to be the Bermuda Triangle. And also to mention, this um, episode is actually a listener request, so a little shout out to uh, my good friend and listener, Bo Ranzel, who is also my boss of the Legion Podcast Network. He does a great job with that for all of us, so he helps keep keep that network running, which is what I'm a part of, so uh, shout out to Legion, Legion Podcast there as well. Um, so there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, I will be back soon, as I mentioned there, for the Bermuda Triangle. There's some, uh, there's some fascinating stories there with that. Um, and a little bit of a bit of admin for the show um you can find uh the mystery vault podcast on itunes spotify and several other places there's, there's a lot of uh, places that you can find out there if you um, put it into google the mystery vault podcast it will take you to somewhere to allow you to listen to the show i've also got a facebook page which is where i'm most active so please post anything on there that you'd like me to cover if you've got anything um, you want me to take a look at um so yeah there you go guys uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and as always keep it spooky keep it mysterious keep it safe and i'll see you soon i think this is a story
1: Here in this room. A if you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network like Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, this is the Doom Show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s rabbit and red radio the shade cast